the war gone. Allow me to elucidate you. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Welcome to Is This Anime? I am your quote-unquote anime expert jack metcalf and joining us once again is anthony anthony how are you we're we're talking a very uh major show here we're talking vinland saga so let's get right into it anthony uh what do you like about vinland saga because this is one of the shows you always wanted to cover with me i think i bugged you forever uh, to watch a vinland saga because it's it's basically my favorite anime thus far i if if you could see me in person i look like a big viking looking dude i got a big beard uh, i'm six foot six foot two um, i like to work out um tattoos all over that's my kind of feel you know so an anime about vikings was was just what the doctor ordered for me oh and it's just it didn't seem like it had the greatest storyline but it's 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 got a very surprisingly good storyline and following along it's it's an interesting progression and uh, i think it was very surprising for you as well as it was for yeah i think this is one of these um series we we talk a lot about this uh anime that don't feel like anime and i feel vinland saga is one of those or you know what i mean it's not dragon ball z the writing is very good i don't want to be condescending but it does feel like a show that that could be on american television just the scripts alone you know what i mean totally i get that feel as well yeah, uh, this is not a show where like the lead character get gets major power ups. He, he he is a badass fighter, but he also gets his ass kicked quite a bit. So, Anthony, do you know anything about the history of Vinland Saga? I'm not talking about like the real world history, although we can touch on that too. But uh, do you know anything about uh, the making of this anime and manga? You know what? Uh, uh, that's not my uh, my regular forte. I do not go into really. Um... Who wrote it? Who uh, the, the background of why they did it and all that kind of stuff? That's that's never really been my thing. It just, well, that's I, why I, I'm <laughs> that's why I'm here, Anthony. We're gonna get get into a brief uh, brief summary of how Vinland Saga came to be. Uh, this is the brainchild of Makoto Yukimura. Uh, he's about forty seven years old in like a couple weeks, so you know, happy birthday to him. His his first manga was Akira Toriyama's comedy manga Doctor Slump. He also loved Dragon Ball, as you know, ma- many people his age would, as that was the biggest uh, manga and anime of the time. He was also a huge fan of Fist of the North Star. Anthony, are you familiar with Fist of the North Star at all? Seen it, I've seen it a little bit, but nothing. Uh, it, it didn't interest me like uh, like some of my favorites. We've covered it on the podcast. I would say the series is dated. It probably is. Um, What's the word? It could probably use a new adaptation at this point because it is a highly influential series. I liked it, but it, you 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 knocked it on knocked the nail on the head right there. I definitely think it could be updated. Yeah, uh, again, the we've we've done the Fist of the North Star podcast, so you, dear listener, can listen to that for all the Fist of the North Star backstory. But uh, brief summary: it's probably one of the most influential anime and manga works. But again, if you're coming to to watching a series in you know 2022 2023 the year of our lord then you know you might be like oh that's that's it um but again i th- i think a new adaptation of that would be fantastic especially considering how influential it is on a lot of works that we like he was a huge fan of fist of north star you can definitely see the influence in terms of certainly the character designs uh the the big meathead dude look is definitely a Fist of the North Star trademark. Um, but anyways, uh, Yuki Mura, he made his debut with the hard science fiction manga Planets, which also has its own adaptation, a 26-episode anime, which I need to watch because Planets sounds dope. 
Uh, so it's basically, he, he did a sci-fi story before uh, Vinland Saga. I am more than down to see what you, Yuki Murata could do in the realm of sci-fi. Because it got pretty uh, good reviews. It won a couple of uh, science fiction awards when it was adapted. Sounds cool to me. Yuki Mura's background is that he, when he was young, he survived two nearly fatal car crashes, which uh, basically told him that he needed to live life by the fullest. So his own backstory is kind of similar to the lead characters. Which probably leads into why he, he writes some pretty uh, badass characters and stories and stuff like that. Yeah, and characters who have survived shit. I mean, that, that's the lead character of Thorfinn right there. He is a survivor. Uh, more than anything. Finland Saga, it started off in April 2005. It is still ongoing. He basically envisioned this series as uh, four five-volume arcs. It has now reached 26 volumes. Still ongoing. It ha- has yet to end. And, you know, he, he, he said the final saga would be more than 50 chapters long and more than 1,000 pages and would take several years to write. And this was November 2019 when he said it. We'll see how many volumes Vinland Saga goes on. Yeah, so he was inspired by an anime series about Vikings they watched as a child, and he was fascinated by them since. <laughs> he traveled to Norway and Scandinavia in 2003 to conduct research on the Vikings. Uh, he did not speak any Norwegian and little to no English but he still managed to uh, make do. Um, So he said, while Vikings are recognized as heroes, he wanted to explain the harsh realities living in their era. Because of the harsh violence, Thorfinn was always drawn with a serious facial expression, such as in the first arc, and uh, more self-deprecating in the following arc, where he's pitying himself. And yeah, this this whole series is based off real history. It is. It combines the dramatization of King Canute the Great's rise to power with a revenge plot centered on the historical explorer Thorfinn. So the character of Thorfinn did exist as well. Anyways, let's get right into this series. That's a brief bit of background. Yeah, episode one, we fe- we see Thor is in an open field. We then cut to him on a boat fucking dudes up. Thorkel is by his side. And Thorkel is actually, uh, this opening scene was actually an anime original scene. It is not from the manga. So they actually show Thorkel earlier, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, he's a really awesome character that, um, a little bit one-dimensional, but pretty awesome character. That that character that's just just badass, and you can't help but love him. He's very one-dimensional. He's one-dimensional, but he, yeah, he is lovable. He's he's a lovable dude who fights, and he does kill characters we do like, which isn't the best thing, but such is life. Uh, so the year is nine eighty-seven, and yeah, we see uh, Thor's badass credits as he goes at it at dudes alone. He takes arrows to the chest, and he even goes after a dude in the ocean. And then we see young Thorfinn in the snow on his family's farm. Leif Erikson, who is also a real explorer, probably one of the more uh, well-known historical figures, I feel. I feel, generally speaking, most people learn about Leif Erikson in high school. I don't know about you. I, I mean, yeah, I heard about him. You've heard, heard of him, him at least. Learned, heard of him and learned about him, I'm, especially for myself, who takes uh, the, the Norse mythology and uh, Norse um, stories pretty serious. So, yeah. They didn't exactly portray him the way I would have loved to, but uh, I mean, it was still a very interesting way to uh, have Leif Erikson in it. Yeah, it's funny because this series does have a lot of badass characters, but Leif Erikson is more of a, a a storyteller, if you will. He likes to he likes to tell his tales. Definitely. And and even the kids they call bullshit on Leif when he's telling a story, which is pretty funny. And he's telling the story of Vinland, which hey, that's the name of this whole series. Thorfinn, he has a dream of setting sail for Vinland and facing off against the Jormungandr. And Thorfinn's sister, uh, Yilva, she finds the body of a slave in the snow. 
And Leif also tells the story of Harold, the first king of Norway. Harold, a character uh, we're going to hear a lot about uh, later on in the series. Harold yeah. is not the nicest man. Uh, more, of a, more of a savage, uh, conniving type of, uh, type of man that uh, took, took his way to power by uh, uh, savagely uh, killing his brothers and sisters and anybody else in his way. Yeah, and he does have a son who we're later going to talk about. Uh, his yeah. son who is a much better character. Uh, so yeah, Leif, he also, um, so meanwhile, Thor's, he succeeds in resuscitating the slave and then the slave master comes after them and using his whip, the slave master rips a dude's face off. Uh, that was a pretty fucked up scene right there. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it starts off right away that getting into it with that, with a lot of that. I mean, that's one thing the show, uh, never fails to really show is um, the carnage and blood and things like that. And later that night, Thor's digs a grave and Yulva cries. Thorfinn asks if she is sad. Yulva says, of course she is, revealing the young man died shortly afterwards and giving up the eight sheep for him was pointless. Uh, that's the other thing. They they trade eight sheep uh, to the slave master Halfdan so they can keep the uh, slave. Uh, and it turns out it was all for nothing. Um, uh, but, oh. but at the same time, it really shows uh, Thor's change from the savage warrior to this guy who just wants to let somebody die in peace too so absolutely yeah thor's has a very good moral center uh we're gonna meet a bunch of characters who do not have that moral center so yeah helga she confronts yulva and thorfinn asks thor's if their ancestors really ran away like leaf said thor's confirms it so thorfinn asks where they would go if they left iceland thor's pats his son on the head and says look at the northern lights and meanwhile, Floki and a crew of Yom Vikings set sail to Iceland, and the camera pans out to Thor's home and shows a chest containing equipment from his past as a Viking. I feel that twist would have played better if we hadn't already known that Thor's was a Viking from the opening scene, but I guess that's what happens when you're adapting manga. It, I mean, it, they still gave it out in an in a interesting way, but uh, it would have been more of a surprise if, if we hadn't seen that opening scene. Yeah, I, I can I can see why they made that an anime original scene because again, you you want to see some badass shit right away. You need to hook audiences in. But even just reading this, it's like okay, maybe that is a choice that kind of low key ruins it. I wouldn't say the show is still very good. I'm just saying it it dulls something that is probably intended to be. A Anyways, yeah. moving on, we're to episode four. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, if you already looked at the show notes, you would know what episodes we're talking about. But we were talking about episodes one, four, five, fifteen. 18 and 19 uh these are what i feel to be the strongest episodes of season one of vinland saga and yeah obviously we had to talk about episode one because hey it's the opening but uh episode four was what really got my interest this is thor's versus a character known as askeladd and holy shit what do you think of this episode man i mean it's a great episode you you, you see that thor's really hasn't lost anything in his uh, his decision making skills and 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 his fighting prowess just is like so so crazy. But at the same point, he's gone from killing everybody in his path to harming everybody in his path, stopping them at, to get what he wants, which is uh, the lives of the the young men in his crew, and to to get his his family safe and everything like that. So uh, it, it's a it's a great start to the episode. It's great. Uh, it's it's got a lot of action, feeling. I mean, you you, you find out that his his son Thorfinn has stowed away, and and he's got to do something very crazy just to 
hold off the these band of mercenaries that uh, the Yams Vikings have uh, have paid off to kill Thors. Yeah, so let's talk Askeladd because again, when I watched the show, I had no idea that Askeladd would be this significant of a character. I was like, okay, sure, this is about Thors and his son Thorfinn. Um, I certainly didn't expect Thors to die in the fourth episode, and nor did I expect Askeladd to be basically the the co lead character of the season. Yeah, I mean, when you pan in earlier in the season to see Floki paying him off to to do uh, just that, kill Thors off, you didn't. You you just thought that it was him paying off a band of mercenaries to do what they couldn't do in out in the open. But what leads down to really he becomes I mean it's I guess it's showing a preview of what's to come. Uh, Askeladd almost taking on Thorfinn and teaching him his ways to a degree. So yeah, uh, Thor's uh, at the opening of this episode, Thor's takes down Askeladd's man pretty easily. One big dude named Bjorn gets a blood rage after eating a mushroom, and he attacks his own men. Thor's then challenges Askeladd to a duel. Thor's easily outclasses Askeladd, but Askeladd at least breaks one of his swords, although that was, of course, part of Thor's plan. Askeladd offers Thor's leadership mostly as a joke. Uh, His own men are stunned when he says this. But again, Askeladd is a trickster. What the, The character I would compare Askeladd to is like Walter White. He's the Walter White of Vikings. Well, I mean, you know, he, he's a thinker, but he's also a doer too. You know, he's, he obviously held his own against Thor's in that fight and it looked great, but he knew what was going to happen from the start. And he's a, he's a real, he's a thinker, but he, he, he's not shy away from the action as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. He is like a good fighter, but he also knows when he's outclassed. And so, you know, he has, he has uh what's the word? He, he has backup plans. So yeah. One of the massive dudes, Bjorn, he grabs Thorfinn. Bjorn, uh, Bjorn threatens Thorfinn's life. Askeladd then claims that Thor's is the winner of this duel, and he raises his hand, which results in his men unleashing a rain of arrows on Thor's, killing him. And he, he does say, uh, it was I think this is Thor's, he says, don't cross the promise of a warrior. And Askeladd agrees to have his men depart. And then Thor's asks his men to deliver his head so he knows his promise uh, was not broken. Yeah, uh, he tells, uh, the person specifically is, he tells Leif to bring his head to Sigvaldi, who's the chieftain of the Yom Vikings. Because he says, if Sigvaldi believes he chose to hide to avoid his summons, then his village in Iceland will be punished instead. So that's the whole issue. But yeah, uh, heartbreaking moment. You know, again, Thorfinn <laughs> witnesses his father being killed. Askeladd does not make uh the best impression in the for the viewer, he seems like a very bad man and you want him to die. But then you watch the show more. And while I would I would not say Askeladd is a good person by any means. He does a lot of bad things. He does some bad things in the episodes we were discussing. But, you know, he's a character with an interesting point of view and he is very likable in his own awful way. You know what I mean? He definitely comes off in these first few episodes as a true Viking. I th- what I think. True, true Viking, eh? Yes. Get into that. Get into get into what makes a man a true Viking. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, Vikings are always portrayed as these uh, heroes and stuff like that. You you really only think of these guys in in positive tones for the for the most part, but really they were just savage beings that uh, uh, went around pillaging whatever they could, killing whatever they could, and taking whatever they could. I mean, to even work your way on a Viking ship, you had to be able to lift a stone certain amount of stones and stuff like that and it was it was a different way of life and uh, this guy comes off as very calculating and very um 
savage in the way he does things, but uh, has has a sense of honor as well, which is what I think uh, the the real Vikings to a degree were. So Thorfinn later comes along Askeladd's ship with just a dagger in hand. And uh, what is it? Torg- uh, one of the Vikings, uh, Torgrim, he asks Askeladd if they should toss Thorfinn overboard, but Askeladd says no and believes that Thorfinn will die soon enough on his own. And the episode ends with Thorfinn crying and calling out for his father. So uh, depressing ending. And this is only- yeah, definitely depressing, but uh, very uh, action talk. Yeah, uh, episode five. So Thorfinn he runs away alone as Askeladd's men burn down a village. Thorfinn tries to fight Askeladd, but he isn't even strong enough to pick up a sword. Leif informs Thor's wife and daughter about what happened. Thor's daughter, Yulva, doesn't have much of a reaction. She says she never even expected him to have a long life. And, you know, she's just, you know, doing the work. Like, that's how she's uh, handling her grief by just being a good daughter and, you know, uh, kind of being the man of the house, especially since, you know, Thorfinn is, you know, uh, they don't even know where Thorfinn is. So they've lost two people in their family. But then later she does uh, break down in front of her mother and it's quite sad. Uh, heartbreaking scene even. I liked Yelva a lot in this. Uh, yeah, she's um, obviously a very likable character. She uh, uh, she comes off as very enigmatic from the start and a and, uh, very strong female presence in the, in the, the scenes that she does have. Yeah. Uh, Thorfinn, he fights Askeladd again and gets the shit kicked out of him. But he does toss a dagger at Askeladd's head, which causes Askeladd to respect Thorfinn's persistence. And Askeladd tells him to prove himself on the field of battle. And if he does that, he'll be rewarded with a proper duel. And uh, now we're jumping really ahead. We're jumping to episode 15. About 10, 10 years or so have passed. Oh, shit. Um, the entirety of this episode... Uh, excluding scenes with Yulva in the anime. No, the entirety of episode five was anime original aside from the Yulva scenes. So that's actually pretty interesting. I've read most of the manga for all of this too. And that's one thing that, uh, that is really cool about, uh, there is quite a few scenes that are, are, uh, anime originals. And even though you know, what's going to happen to a degree when reading the manga, you, you still, uh, you're still excited to see each episode yeah for sure and again i didn't even know that this stuff was anime original and i thought it was just fantastic it was an interesting uh exploration of obviously the the grief that thor's death has caused um the way yulva handles handles it completely differently from uh thorfinn yeah and i love the yulva scenes they were fantastic uh episode 15 prince canute is missing so canute of course is one of the the most important characters in this entire series he was a real person. Uh, he, he had a pretty solid reign in Norway. Uh, let's, let's see how long that reign was. So he was, yeah, his reign as King of England uh, was about 20 years, which is pretty darn good by the standard of the time. He was also King of Denmark for about 20 years. So a pretty significant uh, person in history. Well, I mean, for, for somebody to have conquered as much land as he did and to hold it for that long was is definitely pretty impressive, especially with... Uh, uh, which is why he's known very, very well in the, in that type of way with the, the lore and things like that. Yeah. So uh, Thorkel, who is a massive badass, he is he is unhappy about Prince Canute going missing. Also, winter has come, and he's quite depressed. He gets over it by eating lots of meat, and he's just like, "My God, can't we just have a never-ending war?" Uh, meanwhile, a priest expresses his doubts to Christ, but Prince Canute won't have any of this. And Thorfinn just mopes. Thorkel then learns of Canute's survival 
and he is pretty excited, and I was quite happy for him. Uh, we get a great scene where Thorfinn gets an amazing meal from Canute made from the rabbit that Thorfinn killed. And this is like the first time Thorfinn has even had like a good meal. Yeah, it's definitely a change there. Yeah, uh, because again, Thorfinn is this character uh, who who is not shown a lot of love, if you know what I mean. Uh, he, he's led a very uh, traumatic, depressing life. Uh, he's just been an endless warrior working for the man who killed his father. And so when he's like shown any bit of kindness, it's, uh, you know, he doesn't even know how to react to it. Yeah, he, he, I mean, along the way throughout all these episodes leading up to this, he almost betrays any, any sense of kindness that anybody gives him because mm-hmm. he just doesn't know what to do with it. He only knows basically from uh, a young age until he, he gets into his teen years, uh, just savagery and, and the way of the, the mercenary and Viking feel that he's been taught through through Asklad and the, the men around him. Um, so Ragnar, he tells the story of Canute's uh, father scolding him for cooking because his father said a uh, prince is above that. So again, Canute, who is a, you know, a rather sensitive character, uh, also a very mopey and uh, a bit of a weak character when we first meet him. These episodes we're discussing are where Canute uh, finds his strength, which, which again, Canute has... Uh, an even bigger arc in the episodes we're talking about than even like Thorfinn. Um, and so this is a depressing fucking scene. And that's, this is basically why I picked the episode. Ragnar is tricked into meeting with Askeladd's men who then kill him. And Askeladd does so because he wants to mold Canute into a ruler. And as Ragnar dies, he tells Askeladd that Prince Canute's true enemy is his father. And he asks for them to seek, uh, Ragnar asks Askeladd's men to seek out his brother to confirm his own death. Askeladd's response is not the most sensitive response. He says he just wished it all sooner. He just wishes he knew all of this sooner, even though he still probably was going to kill, kill Ragnar no matter what. Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, by Askeladd doing this, just getting rid of that, that last crutch that Canute needs to start manning up to a degree, you know? Yeah, and uh, Ragnar's dying thoughts are, uh, Your Highness, as soon as this war is over, we can cook some fowl together. I'm sure his majesty would be so happy. Uh, moving on to episode 18. Thorfinn is in the middle of a duel with Thorkel. It's not easy for Thorfinn as Thorkel is wearing chainmail, So it's hard for his daggers to even pierce his skin. And then Thorkel reveals that he is actually known. He actually knew who Thor's was. Uh, Prince Canute has a vision of Ragnar where he expresses his wish to be a normal person. And uh, Ragnar says, my prince, you feel... You fill this old man with joy. The priest tells Canute, death is what truly completes a human being. Death itself is the essence of love. And the priest tells Canute how much Ragnar loved him. Um, yeah, I love the stuff with Canute. Again, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking stuff. Uh, Canute's, I mean, Ragnar was more of a father to Canute than even Harold was. Oh, definitely. I mean, but at, at the same time, it was more of a, a very coddled type of feel with him that wasn't wasn't the the healthiest type of feel when you do when you're doing doing everything for somebody it's just like i'm, I'm sure most royalty like that get it's just it's not healthy but uh, at the same time he just he fell for him so much yeah i mean it, it's what canute needed at the moment and you know Askeladd had to do the thing he felt would make uh canute a ruler which uh he is actually kind of proven correct uh even though he did you know have to cause murder to make it happen uh, and then we get a great scene where Prince Canute calms a, 
the Berserk Bjorn. But again, Bjorn just goes Berserk all the fucking time in this show. Yeah, he's not necessarily the greatest fighter, but he's one of the most savage, that's for sure. So, um, yeah. He just loves those mushrooms and loves going Berserk. Yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, episode 19, we catch Thorfinn napping during his duel. Also, his arm is broken, so that's not good. Haskellad tells Thorfinn to chill the fuck out. This is where uh, Thorkell then tells a story about Thor's. Thorkell reveals that Thor's and him were both part of the Yom's Vikings. And Thorkell reveals that he is, in fact, Thorfinn's great uncle. Thor's battle at the very beginning of the series was also what led to him being separated from Thorkell. In a flashback, Thorkell re- reunites with Thor's and his wife Helga and baby Yulva. Thor's tells him to forget he even saw him. Thor's is done with fighting. Thorkell is obviously unhappy with this choice, and they have a scuffle, which Thor's wins. Very easily, a Thor, you know, Thorkell's a good fighter, but not on the technical level that Thor's is. And uh, here's where Thorkell, who's a bit of, uh, not the deepest thinker, but he says something pretty profound. He says, the life and death of a body does not matter. The soul is what has meaning for a warrior. Uh, and in typical Thorkell mood, after saying these beautiful words, he taunts Thorfinn after the story. Thorfinn then flails around uselessly, and Asgalad tells him that he can coach him to actually win this fight. And Thorfinn wins the fight by blinding Thorkell with his sword and knocking him down. He then goes wild and gouges out his eye, but Thorkell's men don't appreciate that. Thorkell isn't happy with his men for interfering with his duel, however. Uh, yeah, Thorkell gets pretty pissed off that his men even dare interfere with the fight. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's all about honor and all about the savage fighting, so... The fact that yeah. his, his men step in just absolutely hurts his not only his pride, but uh, just his sense of a warrior or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Thorkell would have been happy to be killed by Thorfinn in some ways. You know, he wasn't going to let it happen, but if it had to happen, you know, he wouldn't have had objections, I think. Um, yeah, Prince Canute then appears and tells everyone to cease fighting. He tells Thorkell that Askeladd and Thorfinn are to be let go. Thorkell is impressed by Canute's newfound strength. Canute makes Thorkell his retainer, and Askeladd laughs like the Joker. Uh, Askeladd just finds this whole situation fucking hilarious. Askeladd then confesses to the murder of Ragnar and offers to become his servant. Canute tells him his presence is to fill Ragnar's position. And uh, I love how this episode ends with uh, uh, an attempt at Thorkell bonding with uh, um, Askeladd. He says, I know I killed most of your men, but that's water under the bridge at this point. Fuck, man, we're already done discussing these six. This was a quick one. What can I say? Again, did, did you feel my picks were strong? Or or how do you feel? What what episodes would you have picked? Because let's get into just the weeds of it now. Well, I mean, uh, some of the stuff we definitely missed is, uh, well, I mean, it doesn't even reveal to the end, but uh, um, the fact that Askeladd's not actually a Viking in that sense, he's, he, he's a mix of uh, his Viking father and his uh, Welsh mother, who. Um, so, and you, you get to see where his lineage is and stuff like that, which is very interesting to the story and why he ends up doing what he does and, and the things he does for the greater good and Canute. But uh, some of those middle episodes were, were a, bit interest, a bit more interesting that way too, but uh, you definitely pick some good episodes. Uh, for me, nothing sends it more than episode one. It was a great story. And that episode four, I mean... And I mean, even picking the, the uh, cu- those couple of episodes where um, Thorkill reveals that uh, he's Thorfinn's uncle. I mean, that just throws the whole story for a loop, and it's it's uh, it's very interesting. And 
starts to be a little bit more thinking behind those ones with uh, than just yeah. Uh, yeah, and I found like the exploration of faith too with Canute. Um, again, you don't see a lot of anime uh, focus on Christianity, obviously, because Japan is not a Christian country. So I'm always interested when you see Japanese uh, series that have you know such an emphasis on Christianity and you know that power of forgiveness and finding strength within religion. I don't know. It's uh, it's powerful stuff. The the Canute scenes in particular, I thought were really strong. Yeah, and I mean, you don't, you definitely don't see that in anime for the most part. But it it was good, and it shows kind of the the authenticity that um, there was a lot of homework that went into this anime when he was when he was um, writing it, and doing it. I mean, because that that was one of the big uh, big things in Viking culture the the fight for uh, the pagan culture versus Christianity, which is uh, which, which Christianity was a, a big thing that took over them. Any more thoughts before we move to our favorite segment, which is the speed wagon? It's a great show. If you haven't wa- watched it, go out and watch it. Uh, the second season is uh, airing right now as we speak, and it's uh, it's getting even better. Um, not not as savage, but um, watch watch the show. It's a good uh, it's a good show. All right, let's do it. Let's uh, cue the music. Speed wagon, 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 Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert EO Speedwagon. So for those just joining in, the Speedwagon is our favorite supporting character of these batch of episodes. I think this is going to be a pretty unanimous um, speed wagon this time. It's obviously Thorkel. He's a fucking awesome character. I happen to pick episodes where Thorkel is uh, certainly most prominent, but still a supporting character. Fun character, total fucking badass. Uh, what what more can I say? I think Yulva was a strong second speed wagon because I really enjoyed her uh, grieving scenes. But, you know, Thorkel is so fucking cool. Uh, what about you, Anthony? I would pick the same character as you would. Thorkel was uh, uh, probably my favorite character in the entire show, but um, for the sake of being a little bit different, I'm going to say Bjorn, right? There's something about uh, the connection he had to uh, and how how he was with Askeladd. And, uh, I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of... He wasn't a very multidimensional character, but some of his scenes were very interesting, and he was a pretty integral part to that uh, first season, I think. That's it, man. All right. Uh, I'll say a couple more of my thoughts on Vinland Saga. I think this series is fantastic. Um, you know, we I don't know, man. I feel like we could have done a deeper exploration of it, but what can I say? This series is really strong. It's got some fantastic animation. Again, it's a cool exploration of Viking culture that you don't see in... Uh, right, I mean, again, I can't think of any other anime that covers Vikings. Except for maybe the the one Viking anime uh, that Yukimura watched when he was a child, I suppose. But I don't have a name for that one. I definitely yeah, want to watch. You do see a little bit here and there in some of the ones, but uh, they don't they don't exactly portray it the the traditional way it is here. And uh, and you definitely got it right there. It's 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 got some great. Yeah, and it looks like this series as an anime will be four seasons long, maybe five if uh the final arc is super long, like it seems like it's uh going. Uh but we'll see. Uh so yeah, it's currently in the middle of its second season. By all accounts the second season's very good. It's uh the arc known as the slave arc, am I correct? I think it's uh, aside from the fact it might get you a little hooked the first season in terms of 
if you like the the fighting and the savagery and stuff like that. The second season is completely different, and it's great to see uh, uh, the arcs that these different characters have and the changes and some of the new characters. Second season is is uh, what really has sealed it for me so far, and uh, and I really love the first though. Yeah, uh, the second season is on Netflix. I might even do that right after this podcast ends. Um, yeah, go watch Vinland Saga. Uh, also, I did uh, read that there is actually a Vinland Saga crossover with the uh, video game Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which Yuki Mura drew. So that's pretty awesome. No, no, no love for Assassin's Creed, Anthony. Yeah, you don't game. Okay. <laughs> no worries, man. Uh, Anthony, do you want to be found or are you a private citizen? I'm a pretty private citizen, but uh, you can find me on this uh, this podcast every now and then. There we go. There we go. We were we were supposed to uh, cover the Black Clover movie, but then it got delayed. So that's what happened here. We'll definitely be back for that though in June. And, yeah, in June know, now. That is, that is one of my favorites. Well, it worked out. You got to do Vinland Saga earlier than you expected, so it all worked out for you. Anyways, uh, that's about it. Uh, you can find me at Jack is Jack. Uh, on Instagram, only real Jack M on Twitter. Find this podcast at Is This Anime Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, uh, we'll be back next week with something else. Uh, to be decided, I think we're going to cover Toriko, which I'm watching right now for research. Uh, who knows? Uh, there will always be anime. <laughs>